This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to Clued In with Lou Carbone, a thought-provoking opportunity to expand your perspectives and advance the impact you can make in the CX, EX, and patient experience space. Lou's undeniable combination of the depth of experience and knowledge in this space is unparalleled. As a driver inside organizations as well as consulting, Lou offers distinctive thought stimulation, is a dedicated mentor and teacher. Welcome to Clued In with Lou Carbone. Today, I have a very, very special guest. Dr. Kevin Churchwell is the president and chief executive officer of Boston Children's Hospital. He's providing leadership, vision, and oversight for an incredible team that is dedicated to improving and advancing child health through the life-changing work that's done with their clinical care, their research, innovation, medical education and community. Boston Children's is recognized by U.S. News and World Report as a number one children's hospital, I believe many years in a row. It is not just this year. Since joining Boston Children's as its executive vice president and health affairs chief operating officer in 2013, Dr. Churchwell has been so instrumental in leading the hospital's work in terms of reliability, where zero avoidable harm impacts patients, family members, or employees. But what he has brought to Boston is the same passion for patient and family experience that defined his tenure when I first met him at Nemours Alfred I. DuPont Hospital for Children in Wilmington, Delaware, and before that at the Monroe Corral Junior Children's Hospital, part of the Vanderbilt University medical system. An outstanding citizen, an outstanding human being, uh, is an advocate for equity, diversity, inclusivity. He's also responsible for establishing the Whitehead Institute. He's on the advisory board for Boston University School of Public Health and the Boys and Girls Club of Boston. How he does everything he does and finds the time uh, for family, which he does so so dedicatedly, uh, is unbelievable. Uh, Dr. Churchwell, welcome to Clued In, and you are one of the most Clued In health professionals I know. Welcome. Lou, thank you. Uh, you know, I have an identical twin. Actually, that doesn't help me in terms of my time management. <laughs> In fact, your identical twin is the president of uh, Yale Medical School. Am I? Yeah, Yale New Haven Hospital. Yes. Yeah, yes. Uh, a very, very talented family, but having a twin doesn't. Uh, maybe he sits in sometimes so you can do everything you do. <laughs> uh, one of the things that uh, was so remarkable uh, when I first met you was your instantaneous awareness of what many people aren't even aware of that patients and families experience. And I, I think that your dedication to really being inside the heart, 
the mind of the uh, patient and family has been a remarkable example. You were one of the first in the country to really adapt a very fully dedicated, rather than a once-over, let's do a training program, it was a transformational program that you instituted. That took a lot of courage. Can you talk about open-mindedness and courage and, and your view on that and how it led you to look at more than just the clinical practice, but the emotional effect on patients, families, grandparents, your view of that was so phenomenal. Well, Lou, I appreciate that. And I do appreciate uh, being with you. Thank you for the invitation. You know, I think the, I will tell you that the word instantaneous or is not uh, what happened to me in terms of, of the recognition of the importance of our patients and families and the recognition that they are the center of what we do every day in healthcare, uh, especially in pediatric healthcare. I have been on this journey and I remain on this journey uh, that you're describing. But I can think a couple of milestones that have really helped me think about that, think about those issues in the way that you described. One is that uh, I got married and became a, a father and a parent. And with our four kids, as they were growing up, that changes your perspective, right, on the world. Exactly. Uh, certainly changed mine as I thought about my work as a pediatrician, as a critical care specialist. The other thing that changed my view is that I didn't think after a, a significant event, as I mentioned to you, I, I did pediatric intensive care. And in that environment, uh, there are episodes of care that are very critical, very intense, involves teams and involves patients and families. After one such event that didn't have the best outcome that I thought we should have had, I took a step back and asked myself, did I do as good of a job as I could have in helping direct the team, helping to lead the team uh, in the care? And the answer to that question was no. And as I thought about it more, I realized that part of the reason uh, the answer was no is that I wasn't listening. I wasn't a good listener. I felt that that would be extremely important for me to continue to develop, to be able to bring everyone to the table and listen to their thoughts, their ideas, and listen to what's important. And so I started working on that. And I will tell you, I continue to work on that. But in doing that, I found that uh, in listening, the key, one of the, some of the key voices, of course, were our patients and families in terms of what they were experiencing in our environment, in our, in our hospital environment, in our care environment, and the anxiety that they have. Because, you know, they're coming to the hospital concerned about their child. They're coming in saying, you know, my child was healthy, my child is ill and I don't know why. Can you help me, please? And what are we doing to alleviate their concerns, their anxiety, as we take care of their children? How well are we doing that? How well are we listening to them and responding to them? So I think we're on that journey, Lou, of how do we continue to listen better? How do we continue to work in our response uh, to the needs, 
uh, and the anxiety of, of our patients and families as part of the care that we provide. And I think that's one of the most important things that I can help support and lead as as we move forward. I'm so impressed by the ability to listen. Often management and organizations tend to listen to respond versus listening to learn. And I found you to be absolutely astounding in terms of listening to learn. And is that something that comes from being a pediatrician. And when I look at pediatricians and people that studied pediatrics, Don Berwick, who founded IHI, is a pediatrician. Are pediatricians better listeners? I don't want to start a controversy, but it just seems as though compassionate listening is so different than listening to respond. Well, that's a great question. Uh, and I, I wouldn't say that pediatricians are better listeners, but I would say that pediatricians have to be have to work at it. They have to work at listening and observation. Why? Well, for a significant part of the care that they provide to children, the kids can't respond to them verbally. And so they've got to pick up cues and they've got to pick up uh, the ability to observe to try to understand what is happening with the patients that they're taking care of. So I think that's a, uh, that's a process and that's a learning that uh, we are trained in as pediatricians. Uh, I hope I've been able to take that and continue to utilize that moving forward in terms of the work that I'm doing. I, I love the term that you used, right? Listening to learn, not listening to respond. Uh, and that's an active, intentional piece of work. To actually learn how to do that and how to do that well is something that I think that continues to be my personal challenge, but a great opportunity moving forward. It is so remarkable when I look at the energy that you created at Nemours, the energy that you created touched so many areas at Boston Children's and parents that were involved literally using children to draw pictures of their experience, the ability to really bring an organization to that sensitivity, is that an extraordinarily difficult challenge when you're faced by the daily, uh, you're building an extraordinary new tower, uh, expanding the capabilities of the hospital? There are so many facets of what you oversee, and yet you're able to energize an organization and rally around the needs of patient and family and, and have created an extraordinary team that is always a, it, it's such a joy to be around them not just to work with them but just to be in their presence and and watch their dedication it's not that hard and, it, and i'll tell you why your description goes to the core of why our people come to work every day. They, they come to work uh, as part of that mission of caring, of support, of making a difference in the lives of someone else. For us, it's for our kids. For our adult colleagues, it's for uh, our adults. But that's what healthcare is all about. And how do you just energize that and support that is the opportunity. To me, that's always been a good switch to help turn on and just observe. 
just observe and support because that's why our that's why we're here and to be able to help our people uh, continue to move that forward has just been a pleasure kevin when you you look at the crisis that we've lived through with the pandemic what have been there there are there are so many different challenges what have been some of the most difficult challenges that disrupted what would be routine relationships with patients and families and and staff and staff needs and the stress the area that still remains so much a big question has been children through this whole pandemic uh, as we rush to get people who are a little bit older, like myself, uh, vaccinated, there have been so many open questions and so much that you've dealt with. What has that been like? Well, that's been uh, that's been the challenge. You know, this pandemic is one that occurs maybe every millennium, uh, and we're part of something that will transform our lives. I'm very much and very proud of being in healthcare. I believe um, our colleagues across the board in healthcare have really stepped up to the challenge of the stress of that happens every day, of what we've been faced with, with dealing with the critical illness and the death associated with that. It's just, uh, it's, it's made me very proud to be a physician, to be a caregiver, to, to be a supporter of of those that work every day in healthcare. In children, for children, Lou, we've got some work to do. Uh, this pandemic is leaving potentially some scars uh, for an entire generation. And how do we help them alleviate those scars? How do we help them get them back to a normal environment, to a, a supportive environment, to an environment that they can move forward with is our challenge. Losing an entire year of school for the proper reasons is something that we've got. That's our challenge, and we can't shirk from that. We can't. We've got. We've got to be innovative. We've got to be supportive. We've got to continue to help figure out how do we continue to support this generation of children through these issues, through the social isolation, through the lack of activity, not going to school, then going back to a stressful school. How do we uh, help them through this from an emotional standpoint, from an educational standpoint, is our challenge. Uh, we can only do that by working together, understanding the problem, understanding the issues, and then creative, creating innovative solutions to deal with them, I think is the way that we need to move forward. Kevin, that's scarring. I, as I think about it, I have a six-year-old granddaughter, Emmy. And uh, at the time that the pandemic hit, she was in about four, four years old, four and a half. Uh, the first thing that set in was this sense of, of fright almost in terms of what's going on, but acceptance at the same time, then not being able to see her for Thanksgiving, uh, those sacrifices. I imagine in, in your situation, you may have even seen children who were being treated who lost parents or grandparents through these periods. That scarring that you talk about is so incredible. The road back, do you see anything that 
Is that road going to be extraordinarily difficult? Other patterns or things that you see that can help heal that disruption in the lives of young children? You know, the road back uh, is uh, what we're all about. Um, you know, I never try to use the words extremely difficult. I call them challenges, right? Because uh, those that work in healthcare are up to the challenge. And it's, it takes innovation. It takes our thinking through the, what the challenges are and what the opportunities are for solutions that will truly make the difference. Our kids are, although I use the word scarred, they're very adaptable too, as you know. And given the right environment, the right circumstances, the right support, they will adapt and overachieve and overcome. And it's our role and responsibility to help them through that, uh, no matter where they live, no matter who they are, no matter their socioeconomic issues. Uh, that's the opportunity that we have within pediatrics, uh, within pediatric health care, to promote health for our kids. And I think that uh, that's where we're headed. That's what we're doing. Uh, and there, there's some great work going on uh, from that standpoint. Kevin, um, one of the things that's fascinating is your undergraduate degree was from MIT and technology and technology in the world of healthcare. What are your thoughts and feelings about where we are, where we're going, how we retain some sense of humanity in this transition? I was fascinated. I've always been fascinated by that. that I don't know whether you had set out to be an engineer. I did for a, for a brief period of time, uh, but saw the light. <laughs> no, that's not true. I, I love engineers. I love my time at MIT. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, I learned a lot about life there, uh, but found that uh, becoming a doctor was my best next uh, life. Uh, and so I had the great opportunity to do that. But to your point about technology, uh, I think technology is our 21st century enabler. It's uh, it is the uh, it's going to be part of our armamentarium. It will not overcome or lead from that standpoint. Uh, the human interface, the human interaction, is so important. But our utilization of technology to augment the care that we can provide, will provide, is going to be incredibly important. It was important in the pandemic. Lou, uh, just in terms of how we were able to continue to provide access and care for our, our kids, our families. You know, at one point, we sent everybody home. Everybody that could go, could go home to work, we had to send everybody home for their safety, for the safety of our parents, uh, and for the safety of everyone. But we still knew we had to provide care. And so telemedicine became not the future, but the present of what we do every day. And uh, just one vignette, telemedicine and psychiatry, telepsychiatry has just been uh, a boom for our kids with those issues, access for our kids with behavioral health issues, but also the ability to follow up and care and give them the time is something that we had not really thought about beforehand. Uh, but utilizing it, I think it's now uh, created an entirely, entirely new path for us in terms of our kids with behavioral health issues. It, it's extraordinary. And adoption, 
was on the scramble, I would imagine. And <laughs> almost uh, you had to call audibles as a quarterback <laughs> almost every day. Yeah, we had to call a lot of audibles. Uh, but as it turns out, across the board in healthcare, everybody was very adaptable to those audibles. And the infrastructure for what we needed in terms of telehealth uh, was there. You needed a smartphone. That's one of the things you needed. How do you utilize that smartphone uh, became really important uh, moving forward. Extraordinary. Kevin, if there's advice that you have for parents with children that uh, my, my niece was treated at, at Boston Children's, had a bone marrow transport, uh, a, a transplant uh, for Franconia anemia. And what families go through with sick children, with children that are they're ill, is so incredible. If In watching all of the cases, what advice do you have for families and family members in regard to she's she's doing so well and it's just absolutely unbelievable and at the beginning of this it looked like a dark cave and uh boston children's provided light uh no one knows where the end of the tunnel may be but there's light in the tunnel yes uh and i think that that's part of the message uh, to our families, please know that this, this is why we are here. We're here for you. We're here for your child. And so uh, any question that you might have, any concerns that you have are ones that we are listening to. We want to hear. We want to hear your voice. We want to be able to answer your questions. And please know we are creating that environment for your child, uh, for that safe haven, for that opportunity for hope and for care. And it's not just at Boston Children's, Lou, right? Mike, our colleagues across the board, around this nation and around the world, the dedication is just tremendous. But we will, we will want you to know that we are here for you. And so uh, the ability to reach out uh, either via the internet, via the social media or et cetera, uh, those are opportunities that we want to hear from you. And know that if you feel you haven't had your question answered, that just means that we haven't done a good job of answering it. It's not on you, it's on us. So keep asking them, uh, because that's why we're here, uh, to help and support and provide that hope uh, that I, I believe everyone deserves and needs. Kevin, my deepest, deepest uh, gratitude uh, for doing this podcast, for knowing you, for being who you are, uh, for the rest of the team that I know, love, and respect. Continue this wonderful work that you do, and may God bless you all in those endeavors. You're doing God's work. Well, thank you. And I just want to thank you personally for what you've taught me. The ability to observe and the importance of that is something that I think about almost every day. But you are the master. And I, I think that we would we can still learn a lot from you in terms of how uh, how health, how the care that we provide can be truly augmented by the work that we do in supporting our patients and families and observing them and supporting them from that standpoint. So thank you. Thank you very much. 
Thank you so much for listening to Clued In with Lou Carbone. If the advancement of the practice of experience management is financial and emotional impact drives you, please reach out to Lou on LinkedIn or visit experienceengineering.com or email us at info at expeng.com. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.